You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators go to sell more of their online course. I'm super excited because I have a very special guest on the line this week. A little bit about this person. She helps entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and creatives turn their idea into a profitable and powerful course. She's a blogger herself. She's a coach. She's a course creator. She's done it all. So without further ado, all the, let me introduce all the way from Canada, the one and only Ms. Emily Walker. Emily, how are you? I'm doing so great. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm just so jazzed for all the things we get to talk about. Yes, I'm a huge fan of everything this topic, so thank you very much for your time. Emily, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up? Have you got one for us? I do. So one of my favorite ones that I like to say to myself is, this is my new normal. Now, I know this might have a slightly different ring for us in like, you know, the COVID era, but this is something that I say to normalize each time I achieve like a new up level in my life. And it's something that I teach to my clients, especially when we're transitioning from maybe offering services or offering traditional business models and moving into this online course creation space. It's kind of a little bit feels like magic the first time you start making that money and you're like, oh my goodness, like how did I just have like a 5k weekend and I was sitting like reading and hanging out with my dog. So the more that we can say like, this is my new normal, I get to create my new normal and we can just integrate that with ourselves. Just the more we can reach those extra up levels and just keep building a life of our dreams. Yes. Love that. I'm a huge fan of that theory myself. I've heard it. A few of my mentors, uh, books that I read teach the same thing. There's a one gentleman, do you know Brian Tracy? Do you know who that is? No, I don't. I don't think I recognize the name. He's an old old guy, but he focuses a lot on sales. He talks about the financial thermostat, which is pretty similar. It's like Mm -hmm. if you believe you're a 10K a month person, chances are you're going to hit 10K a month because you're having a slow month. All right, you're going to grind and make a a few more sales and and go from there. However, if you don't believe you're a 10K a month person, you believe you're a 5K a month person, you'll probably self-sabotage. You know, you make a few sales early on and then you'll take your foot off the accelerator and it just works like that if you've got your your mental game in order. And I'm also a huge Tony Robbins fan. Do you have him in Canada, Tony Robbins? Oh, yeah. We definitely heard of him for sure. Okay. Yep. Cool, cool. And he talks about um, raising your standards and it's like Mm -hmm. the standard that you accept is the standard that you you get. So very similar philosophy. So I love them. Um, now, Emily, I've obviously been following you for a few days now at least, but I've stalked you and read your blog and checked out your Instagram. So I know a little bit about you, but anyone listening to this, watching this, do you want to give them the quick 101? What is it that you do? Yeah, for sure. So I go by many different titles. I My clients call me all sorts of things. So the official title is learning designer, which means I take everything that's in your brain and I arrange it into a transformation-driven curriculum. So you can have that course that not only ignites powerful change for your people, but is also really profitable for you. I've also been called a transformation architect. My client, Amber Ray, refers to me as her course doula because the entire experience of being a learning designer means wearing so many hats. It's thinking about from the perspective of our students, from the perspective of us as the course creator and bringing it together from that big picture, amazing idea into a course that people can take action and get results. Yes, love that. And that's why I'm so glad I've got you here because pretty much everyone listening to this, watching this has that idea in their head. 
And they're like, hey, I know if I can get this down into a course, it's going to be so amazing and it's going to sell so well, but it's often a lot harder to actually do once you put it into action. I won't say harder. If you haven't done it before, it can be challenging, where if there's someone like you who's done it many times with many different people, it can be a lot easier. Now, before we even get into that, what I want to cover in this podcast is essentially, hey, here's how you turn your idea into a profitable course. But I think you brought up some really, really good points then and there, Emily. So I even want to adjust them there. So So one thing you mentioned was the students, which I think is really, really cool. Uh, My favorite quote ever, my favorite quote or mantra is you can have whatever you want in life as long as you help other people get what they want. And I think that's so important when it comes Mm -hmm. to a course, right? It's all well and good for you to have this idea and, you know, you think it's amazing. But ideally what we need is our students to think it's amazing. That's that's the yeah. goal there because they think it's amazing. Great. Then they might buy more courses from you. They'll tell their friends. They'll recommend you. There's just so many advantages to that, right? If you and we'll even and the other word you used, which I liked, which was it was transformation. So my opinion in an online course, it should be more than just information. Information is okay. You'll make a few dollars off information. You'll change. Yeah, you you help people a little bit. But if you can train, if you can uh, offer a transformation that's when you really, really help someone. So that's the other way I look at that. It's like, all right, if you can transfer, if someone's got a goal, here's where they are, they do your course. And at the end of it, you've, they've got an amazing transformation. That's what we want. And especially even from a, a user experience, but even from a sales side of things, because you can be good at sales and marketing. That's great. But if your course sucks and it doesn't do what it said it was going to do, yeah, you may be able to sell it once, but that person's never going to buy anything off you for the rest of their lives. So I love that you've brought that up. So thank you. Anything to add on that side of things before we get into it? Well, I think what I love that you touched on is the different the difference between information and transformation. And mm-hmm. I think that's like I have such a bone to pick with people who refer to courses as info products. Mm-hmm. It's like that implies that you're selling information, which I think creates that trap of like, okay, well, if I want to put a big price tag on this, if I want to make money, I need to put more information. Yes. At the end of the day, transformation doesn't come from information. Transformation comes from action. And so it's not about putting all of these things into your course and being like, okay, more info, more this more that whatever and you see these people who are like okay you get an 800 page ebook you have a course with 80 modules it's like no okay this is about the transformation so i just yeah we're speaking the same language it's about putting your people at the heart of everything because that is the best marketing tool out there people don't talk about courses that they don't finish they talk about courses that get them amazing results and those are the ones that people are just blowing up all over the web because they're like i took this experience and it was amazing Yes, love that. I'm going to piggyback on this because I think this is a hot topic and I think it's one that every course creator will will get out of as well. So I'll piggyback off that as well on a few different things. So yeah, if you're watching this and you're putting together a course, a couple good points that Emily mentioned there, don't sort of think, all right, to make this course as good as possible, okay, I've got to put in as much in there as possible. That's not really how it works, right? Because you can put a whole heap of stuff in there and then someone's not even going to finish it and they don't get the results and then they don't get any benefit. You could potentially be better off making it as small as possible. And if you, and actually, let's put it another way. Let's say if you were selling something to me and you were like, hey, Jono, I've got this course. It's going to help you, you know, make more sales on Instagram, for example. You know, do this course and you're going to make an extra $1,000 a month on Instagram. If one course is going to take me six months to learn how to do that, the other course is going to take me six days, I'm going to take the six day. 
So I like to think shorter is actually better. So when you're, you're creating that course, my opinion is you don't necessarily have to think, okay, how much stuff can I put in there to put it, to make it amazing? How can I get this person the result? And ideally the shorter, the better in my take. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so funny because everyone, everyone listening would agree. It's just like, okay, you can do this in six days or you can do this in six months. Everyone would be like, well, I want the six days. And yet when we sit down to create our courses, the first, like the two things that people always focus on, they're like, okay, I've mapped out all my modules and lessons and let's talk about tech. And it's like, okay, let's like rewind here. You've skipped a lot of steps. (laughs) We have a little bit more to focus on before we get to that point. Yes. Love it. All right. Wait, let's get into it, Emily. Let's start with, um, let's start with this journey. I guess we start with the idea. Let's say someone's listening to this. They've got an idea in their head. Maybe they've, they've, you know, fiddled around with some of the stuff. What do we have to do at the idea stage? Let's say someone's watching this. They haven't put the course together yet. It's still an idea. What do we have to do before we put it into a course? Yeah. So the very first thing I'm going to Let's assume that they have their idea and they've connected with their audience and they know that the audience wants their idea. So it's been validated because that's definitely where you want to start. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, do you want to go back? Do you help with that side as well? The validation? Oh yeah. We can talk about that if you want. I was ready to skip ahead, but let's start Yeah. No, no, no. Because this is is what I've found. I think that the biggest step that a lot of course creators are missing is that validation Mm -hmm. because they're an expert themselves and sometimes we can assume, okay, we're the expert. This is what this person needs to know. And that is true. That is what they need to know. But there's a difference between what they need to know and what they're going to buy, right? Yeah, and we can, we can even yeah. put that same stuff in there, but we might have to, you know, word it a little bit differently or highlight things a little bit more in the sales copy or the landing page. So, and what I find a lot of uh, experts will do is put that course together with the knowledge that they want. Great. They've got this course finished. Then they're going to sell and market it. And then they might find out that it's not necessarily what the market wants. So I would mm-hmm. love it, Emily, if we could even start with validation. Yes, absolutely. So for me, the like the simplest thing is that to remember when you're creating a course is that you don't have to be a mind reader. No mm. one is expecting you to know exactly what your audience is thinking at any time because you can just ask them. So my favorite thing to do is like you can kind of do it on the mass scale by sending out a survey to your list, you know, asking them questions like, you know, what are your pain points with this topic, you know, around your course. So for instance, like you said, if it's like making sales on Instagram, it's like how have you been using Instagram? What's working for you? What's not working? What do you think the problem is? But my favorite thing to do is to actually get on calls with my target audience. Like, and, and my secret hack here is record the calls and get them transcribed because then it writes your sales page for you. You don't, you know exactly the words that your audience is using, you know, how they're talking about it. And you can literally be like, I've had my clients be like, Oh my goodness. It's like you're in my brain. And I'm like, yeah, cause I am <laughs> like, this is what you said. <laughs> I'm just copying and pasting your words. And so when you talk to your people and you can hear in their own words what they think the problem is, that helps address probably one of the biggest gaps that people run into when they're creating a course, which is what your audience thinks the problem is and what they think the solution is versus what you know the problem is and what you know the solution is. Mm. Because if, like you said, you create this amazing course and you go to sell it, you're talking about this thing. So like, for instance, um, we can use a fitness example even often people are like oh i just need more discipline i just need to be like more disciplined and more structured and then i'll lose weight and i'll clean up my diet but like we know that's not the actual problem but if we try to like sell them this fitness course on like Mm. here's how to create like a better connection with your body and Mm. here's how to adjust your lifestyle they're gonna be like i don't need that i need something that's gonna teach me to be more disciplined Mm. so by connecting with your audience and finding out what the problem is in their own words that allows you to be really strategic in not only how you put together the course, 
how you put together the sales page, but how you build your launch runway as well. Yes. Love that. So many good points there. I'll spend a minute and expand there. So a couple things that Emily said there, she said, Hey, you don't have to be a mind reader. And I really resonate with that because I suck with um, mind reading. You know, I guess every question wrong. That's why I'm single. You know, every single question I'm meant to you know, know the answer to, I usually get it wrong. But that can be an advantage in business because it means I actually have to ask the person, hey, what do you want? What are you thinking? So, and this is the other thing I found as well. A lot of course creators, when they'll validate their course, they'll almost do anything but that. It's like, yep, I've done my market research. I've got 10 competitors. Here's all their websites. Here's all their prices. Here's all their modules. Here's all their YouTube channels. Here's all their Instagram. And look, that stuff can be important as well. I'm not rubbishing that sort of stuff there. But what I think is better is just freaking ask your potential person. You know, hey, Emily, I'm thinking of putting this course together here. Um, this is what it's going to cover. Is that something that would interest you? Oh, it would. Okay, cool. What sort of modules would you want in there? Would this interest you? Would this interest you? Out of 10, how much is this? Okay, cool, cool. What sort of price would you pay for someone like this? Okay, cool, 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 cool. And then you can essentially sell that thing back to them. You know, all right, cool. This is what it is here. Okay, great. This is what I'm going to put in my, my sales copy. So I think that part's important there. Also, the, the Zoom versus the survey. So I do think, um, I guess that's the next step. A lot of course creators will send out that survey. And yeah, it's okay. My limitation with the survey, I prefer Zoom as well, like you, Emily, because I feel the survey is more one way. I can ask a list of questions and get a list of answers, answers, but I can't really get deeper. Whereas if I'm on a Zoom call with you now, okay, cool. So out of curiosity, why is that, Emily? Okay, what about this? Okay, what about if I worded it like that? You know, it can be a bit more two-way, so I think that can get a dip, bit deeper, which I think is awesome. I love that idea of recording and, and transcribing because you can always take little notes on your paper, but then you lose that paper and, you know, you've yeah. got a paper, you can't read your own handwriting. So, you know, I, I, and also you can video it. That's great. But then maybe the video is 40 minutes long and, you know, you don't have the time to, to watch it. But if you can get it transcribed, okay, great. That's good there. So I love that. Uh, and then, yeah, in terms of the own words as well. So people obviously resonate if you use their language, right? You might say one thing, they might say the other thing, but if you're talking, you know, sales, we'll talk sales copy and what's in the course almost together because really it should be related anyway, right? Should be, mm -hmm. you know, somewhat related there. And yeah, if, if when you're, what I find works for all this sales copy is you sort of start with the problem. You know, hey, is this you? You're feeling bang, 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 bang. You've tried bang, 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 bang. This hasn't worked. Hey, it's not your fault. What you need to try is bang, 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 bang. And if you can get those answers straight from your clients, it basically uh, writes itself. So I love that. So thank yeah. you for that. All it's right. like sales page bad libs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, actually, one question with this, and then we'll move on from there. What if someone's um, watching this? They're like, Emily, that's great, but. I don't have any people already. I'm just starting off. You know, I'm an expert. I've got some colleagues or whatever that are in my space, but I don't have any clients or any leads or any following or, or any social media. How am I meant to validate my course and get on these Zoom calls and, and send out these surveys? Any tips there? Yeah. So I would say in order to have like that successful course launch, you're definitely going to want to be building up some sort of audience. And one of the best ways you can do is to kind of like cheat your way in by connecting with other people's audiences. Yeah. So, you know, guesting in people's Facebook communities, doing podcast interviews, reaching out and just saying like, 
Hey, you seem super cool. Like let's connect. Like I have had huge success on Instagram connecting through stories. And the important thing here is to connect as a human. <laughs> like it's not a transaction. It's not like, Hey, I just met you. Want to buy something from me? Want to do a favor for me? It's more like, Hey, I just met you. Can I like see 18 pictures of your dog? Cause I actually care about what your pets look like. Let's become friends and let's hear more about it. And I just think it's when you put that human connection first, things just organically really develop from there. So if you're like, I don't have any idea like where I'm going to connect to my people, how do I find them? It's just really kind of putting yourself in their mind. So it's thinking about, you know, whether you can find people, you know, in real life. Sometimes we forget when we're in this digital virtual world of ours that it's like, okay, if you're targeting fitness professionals, maybe you need to go to every single gym in your city and start talking to people. Or maybe if you are working with, um, busy moms you can go around to like some daycares and things like that and start connecting it's really shifting into that like possibility mindset and just like giving yourself permission that no idea is too crazy yes love that and even i'll give i'll piggyback off that as well the way i, I like to look at that is let's say let's say there's a facebook group that has your ideal market in there yeah you can go in there and add value and you know add friends and that stuff can work as well or you could make friends with the admin of that facebook group and be like, hey, here's my specialty. Do you want me to do a free webinar for your people or a, a Facebook Live like we're doing now? So, you know, it's just a, an, an easier way with collaboration. So I, I love that you've you've brought that up there. So, all right, cool. Someone, So now let's say someone's got an idea. They haven't put it together as a course yet. They're like, great, I've got this idea. Before I do anything, I'm going to go out and validate it. Let me go and meet some people, speak to some people. All right, cool. Now I've got a pretty good idea of what these people want, the transformation they want, what they want in the course, what they're willing to pay, yada, yada, yada. Where do we go from there? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yeah, so the next stage is probably one of my favorite stages and I call it journey mapping. So I actually have a free guide so we can include the link here and it's going to walk through everything that I'm about to share, but we'll do it live here. Awesome. So when you're creating a course, it is literally a pathway to transformation. So in order to know what that pathway is, we need to know exactly where your ideal person is standing. So we can put that first paving stone of that path at their feet. Often what happens is we start our course either way behind someone and they're like, I know this stuff already, I'm bored, I don't want to do it, or way ahead of them, they open up the course and they get totally lost and scared. So we want to make sure that we're intentionally zooming into where our person is. We know exactly what have they tried, what haven't they tried, what do they know, what do they not know. And I like to imagine like if they have a backpack with all of their knowledge and skills in it, what's in that backpack and what's missing? Mm -hmm. Then we think about the far end of the path. So where are we taking them to and getting crystal clear on that transformation? This is where you really create the scope of your course. So what will they walk away with? How will they be transformed? What will they be able to do that they weren't able to do? So when we think about having these two markers on either end of our path, it really helps us get very clear on that transformation for our course. But as we know, it's not as simple as like, okay, start here, walk through the course and get to the end and you're going to be amazing. 
The third piece of journey mapping is uncovering what the blocks are that are going to come up for people along the way. When we think about what those blocks are, then we can kind of premeditate them as we design our course. Mm -hmm. So if we know, for instance, like the biggest one is time. No one ever has enough time. It's always like, and we all know it's actually priorities of making time, but how can we design our course in a way that that eliminates that excuse? So if it's for maybe, like we said, busy moms on the go, maybe the course is in podcast format. So they can be listening to it while they're commuting. If it is for people who only have like a short amount of time, we want to make sure our videos are really, really short and digestible and not like 18 hours long. If it's a mindset issue, can we weave mindset support like mantras, affirmations throughout the course? There's lots of different blocks that can come up and it all depends on who that person is, which is again, why that validation, that market research is so key. Cause you can be like, well, based on, you know, when I was talking to those people and having those chats, these are the kind of common issues that came up again and again. So I'm going to be careful when I'm creating my course to address those issues. So they have zero excuse for not finishing the course. Yes. Love that. Awesome. So I'll give a, a quick summary there. So the three things were essentially the start, the finish and the blocks. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yes. Awesome. And you've got a free guide that does this as well, right, Emily? Yes. I got a free guide. It walks you through it. It even has some questions for like diving deeper into who your person is and how you can build a course specifically for your people. Um, so yeah, it walks you through all of those steps, lots of guiding questions and everything. So you can have your journey fully mapped out for your course. Awesome. Well, hey, if you're watching this live in the Facebook group and you like that guide, just comment guide down below and me and Emily will get that over to you. If you're listening this, to this in the podcast, Emily, I'll grab a link off you and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. So either way, you can get access to, to that there. If you're watching live, just comment guide down below. If you're listening to the podcast, just go to the links there. So start, finish and blocks. Great. So when we're creating that course, that's what we need. Okay. Where is this person exactly? And actually with all three of these, it goes back to the validation, doesn't it? Great. Mm -hmm. I went and spoke to 10, 20 people and I found, found that 15 of them are all at this start point here. So if I want to get the most bang for my buck, great. I'm going to create the course imagining that people are starting at this point here. Cool. What do I want to get them to? And that goes back to the validation as well, where it's like, and it goes back to the transformation too, where it's not like, okay, I'm not just going to throw a whole heap of info here. Great. Here's people that are starting here. Here's what I want to get them to. And that makes it easier from the sales side of things as well. Hey, do this course and this is your end result. This is your outcome. Because people will only pay so much for information, right? But if it's like, hey, how much do you want to do you want to get to this point here? Great, I've got a course that shows you exactly how to do that. So those two points there, and then the blocks once again, the validation too. Okay, cool. So you're you're currently here. You want to get to here? Why haven't you? What's stopping you? And then you write all these things down. So, okay, great. If I'm getting this course and I want people to finish it, all right, cool. I better make sure that I address these issues, whether it's time, whether it's um, mindset. And I think it's a two-prong approach as well because firstly, it's going to help with the sales because that's probably the objection someone's going to give you. Ah, I don't have time. Hey, great. That's why I've put it in podcast form, you know, or, oh, hey, I don't have... Uh, yeah, I don't have time. Oh, hey, that's why they're like 10 minute videos that you can just watch your 10 minutes before you go to sleep, you know? Uh, so it'll help with the sales, but it will also help to get that person to actually finish the course because you've done it with them in mind. So I love that there. So, all right, cool. We've got our ID. Uh, we've validated it. We've now moved on and we've done some journey mapping using your free guide, of course. What do we do after we've, we've mapped our journey out? Yeah. So this is the fun part. And the thing that I really want to draw attention to is like, notice I haven't talked about tech yet. 
I mm. haven't dipped, like dove into like lessons. Should they be videos? Should they be audio? That type of thing. This is why you really want to focus on transformation first, because it allows you to think outside of the box. There's no, there's no rules. There's no cookie cutter format when it comes to creating an online mm. learning experience. It doesn't have to be videos and worksheets. It doesn't have to be eight modules long. So we start with our transformation. We get crystal clear on that. And then we ask ourselves, what actions do my people need to take to reach this transformation? Mm. This is where I really encourage you to get super messy. So when I do this with my clients, I use a virtual whiteboard and it looks like post-it notes. And we literally write down every single action. There's nothing too granular. The key here is to get really specific. So it's not just like, oh, if we want them to make more sales on Instagram, they need to, you know, post consistently on Instagram. That's too big. Mm -hmm. They need to, you know, create a strategy. They need to create templates. They need to write six posts, whatever it may be. And when we write down all of these actions, it starts to give us an idea of the size of our course. Mm -hmm. And once we kind of, we have this giant page or maybe it's post-it notes out on our desk and we're like, okay, I know what my transformation is. And I have an insane amount of actions that my people need to take. This is where we can ask ourselves, okay, I feel really good about this transformation. So it's going to be a bigger course or mm -hmm. like, you know what? No, this is, this is too much. I need to split it because mm -hmm. we want to really avoid that, that overwhelm with our people because you have to remember they have to take every single one of those actions. And that's often what stops people from finishing courses is they tell themselves that beautiful lie that we've all told ourselves. I'll do this later when I have more time. Mm -hmm. So when we give them huge amounts of homework, we give them huge amounts of tasks to do. They, they, they promise they're going to come back, but they don't. They have other priorities, especially if you're serving, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, we're all busy. We have a lot going on. So we want to be really, really clear on what those action steps are so we can get an idea of the amount of work we're giving to them. Yes. Love that there. Cool. So we plan it out. We write down these action steps. That'll give us the idea. And I love how you also mentioned potentially splitting it as well, because if you've got most people in, in, uh, in the world have a lot, of, a lot of knowledge, right? If you're going to put everything you know in one course, that's going to be a crazy course, right? And it may be a good idea to do it, but it may be like, all right, cool. Maybe I've got two or three courses in here. You know, maybe it's a level one and a level two. Maybe it's a, not even a level one and level two, but just I can break it up into three slightly different things. Cool. Here's how you do this one thing. Here's how you do this other thing. Here's how you do this other thing. And then you've got three different courses. So you don't need to have it all in that one there. So I love that action side of things. Um, all right, next step from there. So we've got the ID, we've validated it, we've mapped out the journey, we've now listed all the actions that our ideal customer needs to take to create that transformation. What's the next step? Yeah, so the next step is like, has a very like super sexy technical term called chunking. It's like actually oh, what we yes. call it in learning design, which yes. is where you group all of your app action steps into chunks. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be your modules. Often that's what happens. We go, okay, well, these things go together. These things seem like they fit together and we kind of group it and we'll probably end up with like usually like five to 10 chunks of things, depending if you split it into a smaller learning experience or not. And from there you kind of chunk things and then you sequence things. So you're like, okay, well, they definitely have to have these three steps done before they can move on to the next step. And so once you have your chunks and they're all sequenced, you can look at it and that's usually where your modules come out. You can say like, okay, this makes sense. Sometimes we're like, no, we need to play around with it a bit. Mm. This stage is really iterative where you kind of group things and then you ask yourself, have I missed any action steps? Are there any extra things that they need to do? And you kind of add some more and you split them up and you regroup them. So it's not a one and done process, like give yourself permission to be really iterative with it. 
But once you have that out and you kind of look at your modules, from there, it's just a matter of breaking things up into lessons and going, okay, if these are the activities that I need them to, you know, the actions that they need to do, I'm going to build an activity that has them taking that action. The, this is like something I see a lot where it's like, we're going to practice, we're going to like have a worksheet where we talk about taking action. No, just tell them to go do the thing. Mm. Don't have them think about doing it. Don't have them, you know, think about an Instagram story strategy, have them go make it and start doing it. The less barriers to that action, the more likely they are to have that transformation. So you can kind of give them those fun activities and you can give them tools, templates, resources to make their life as easy as possible. Yes. Love that. All right, cool. So I've got a couple questions here, Emily. So, um, say, say someone's watching or listening this and now they may be getting a bit confused. They're like, all right, cool. You know, got the ID, cool. Interviewed some, uh, validated it, you know, recorded, transcribed, cool. You know, uh, got Emily's free guide. Cool. Got that here. All right. Now I've got to uh, write down these actions. Now I've got to chunk them. Are we doing this on like a pen and paper? Have we got, um, you know, an Excel sheet we're doing it on? There's obviously no right or wrong, but maybe if you could give us some tips there on how we can organize this or, or where we do this. Yeah, for sure. So I've, I've, my favorite ways to do it is either if I'm like in person with a client and doing this, I'll just use post-it notes, like something yeah. that you can move around. It's yeah. a very like tactile yeah. experience. So I've done this in Trello with clients is really yes. great where you can kind Love of that. use the list forms to create those chunks and move the cards around for action steps. Or what I've even done is I use Google slides as like a virtual whiteboard and you just create text boxes for each of your action steps. Mm. The key thing here is that you want to be able to move things really easily yeah. so that you don't feel like you're stuck in this very like linear, like, oh, I'm in a Google doc and now I have to delete this and then I have to retype it. So I like post-it notes are great. Or like I said, Trello, something where you can move things around because the more you can visualize that so you can kind of see like, oh, I've got my groupings. Because if you're feeling overwhelmed by the amount of groupings and the amount of actions, your learner probably is going to be as well, which means that there's room for simplification. Yes. Good tips there. Cool. All right. Uh, the action tasks, I love them as well. So let me just make sure I've got my head around this. It might be a matter of, let's say what a lot of course creators do is they'll, you know, they have their PowerPoint slide, whatever, and they might say, all right, right. You know, if you want to grow your Instagram, here's the things you got to do, make sure you do these things. Whereas what could be a better approach is all right, right. You know, here are the, the five things you've got to do. Hey, before you go on to the next module, make sure that you've done point number one, you know, and point number one is, you know, do a post and make sure that you've tagged me in that post as well. So I can confirm that you've, you've done it there. Is, is that what we're saying? It's like, how can we um, actually make sure that these people do the action as opposed to us just telling them what the action is. Exactly. Exactly. So I think you touched on a couple like great points there. Like a big one, there was that accountability. So whether it's you as the course creator, as the leader being like, tag me, submit your homework to me, involve me, post it in my Facebook group, something like that. When people have that accountability, they're more likely to get it done because then they also get the benefit of you as the expert getting your, you know, getting your eyes on what they're creating. And then also it's having them take that action and not just think about taking the action. The idea is that we really want to make things as easy as possible because mm. no one is ever going to be like, oh my goodness, I took John's course and he made it too easy. It was mm. so easy. Like no one's going to complain about that. So if you're like, literally I have broken things down into the smallest step, something I recommend is try to keep your homework or like the activities you give your people to a task that's less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Once you start having it be longer than 10 minutes, that's an opportunity to break it into another lesson or have it be another yeah. homework assignment. 
because then there's no reason why they can't just go do it right away. Yes. Love that. Awesome. All right, cool. So we've, um, done our, we've, we've down the journey now. So great. Um, we've, we've got the idea. We've validated it. We've mapped out the journey. We've got our actions. We've chunked our actions. We've got our tasks there. What's the next step from there? Yeah. So from there, once you kind of know, like, you know, the actions we need to take, you know, the activities, that's then where the information piece comes in. You mm. ask yourself, what do I need to teach them? What information do I need to give them so that they're able to take this action? When we start with action first and then go to information, it adds a really good lens of discernment because instead of being like, let me give you everything that's in my brain right now, it's like, no, the action I want you to take is this thing. So the only thing of information that you need to know is like this five minute little piece. Mm -hmm. So we give them just tiny little bite-sized pieces of information so they're not getting overwhelmed. Now, this is where you really have to ask yourself, is this a need to know or a nice to know? Because mm -hmm. there's always more that we want to share with them. But really, what you want to keep your information to the small things that they need to know to be able to take action, and then maybe some examples. So like, if you're giving them, let's say it's a course on graphic design, and they need to create a color palette, you might want to walk them through a couple color palettes or a couple examples. But you don't have to suddenly go into like the history of color theory and all of these things if it's like graphic design 101. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Yes, mind blown. I've never heard someone explain it like that. And it just makes so much more sense. You know, most people will teach, hey, you know, get your information and then make sure there's an action task so that that person, you know, is accountable and is engaged and all that sort of stuff there. And it's not bad, but I like your strategy. It's all right. Hey, to get a result, this person needs to do these five things here. How can I give them just enough information so they do, they actually do these five things here and they get the result without making it boring and overwhelming and too long. So love that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's essential here. I think it's and it just really it it works well for everyone because it works well for the learner because they're not getting stressed and overwhelmed with all the information. And it also means that you don't have to create like five thousand hours of slides and videos and all those things, walking them through stuff that you don't need to be teaching them. Yes, love that. Awesome. All right, next step from there, we've got our um, information and. We would say we put that information, whatever, on PowerPoint or we do a Zoom video or whatever. So we've got that information. What's the next step? Yeah. So when we think about information, like I encourage you when you're kind of creating this course outline now, because now it's kind of shifting from idea into your outline. You're mm. writing down your key, your key points of what you want to teach them. So having that in like a Google Doc or a spreadsheet, like whatever system feels good to you. This is now where you get to decide how do you want to present that information? How do you mm. want to teach and this is about finding that balance between what works for you as a course creator and what works for your learners. So again, coming back, you know, if we have our busy moms, we know it's going to be a podcast. If we have um, people who are really visual or it's a really visual subject, we're going to want to have slides. 
personally for me and like the toolkits that I have, I hate slides. I don't like creating them. So it's just me on camera. And then I've edited my videos to add there's captions, there's little pop-ups, there's things to still make it visually stimulating. So deciding, you know, how do you want to present this information? Is it the video? Is it workbooks? Is it slides? Whatever. And knowing that there are no like rules here, you get to create what feels good to you. Awesome. All right, cool. Say we do that. We pick our module or we pick our medium. We create the course on that medium. Uh, We put it all together. Then we've pretty much got the completed course or are there there any other steps we missed along the way there? So that's pretty much the completed course. The, The one thing that we kind of, I think we alluded to, but we didn't deep dive in is thinking about the tools and resources you can give as part of your course. Mm, So thinking about, again, how can we make things so easy for our people? If they're, maybe we're teaching them how to set up a sales funnel. Can we give them done for you email Mm. copy? If they're, we're teaching them, um, you know, how to build their own like home fitness routine. Can we give them a, a nutrition plan? Can we give them any sort of templates or tools or anything like that so that it's, it eliminates any sort of questioning they have. They're like, oh, I can take action because I have my clear steps. I know exactly what I'm doing and I have tools to help me every step of the way. Yes, love that. And I'll I'll, uh, piggyback off that as well. So the way I I like looking at that is you might have your, your course, which is great, and then you may have some other resources as well. And they can be, everyone likes done for you stuff, right? People even buy the course just to get the done for you stuff. So if there's any mm-hmm. done for you stuff you can have there, but even bonus material, you know, Hey, here's a podcast I did with Emily on, on this thing here, you know, go and check it out here. Or, you know, Hey, here's a, um, a podcast I did with this person here, or, you know, he's a, um, whatever, any just different bonuses you can have there. So it's not just the actual, the course is the main thing. Yes. But any other things we can add in there, the template, the cheat sheets, the done for you, the um, podcasts, the anything like that. So I, I love that there. Um, if that's it for like the core side of things, Emily, I've got a few questions I like to always finish up with uh, people with. Is that cool if we get into them? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Well, since this is a podcast for online course creators, I ask every panelist or every interviewee, what's your course platform of choice? Is it a Kajabi? Is it a Teachable, a a New Zenla? If you had to pick one, what would that be? Ooh, can I cheat and pick two? Yes, I'll allow two, only because you were a good guest. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So I have... Uh, the reason I want to pick two is because I think that there's always a transition point for course creators. Mm, so the yes. one that I recommend everyone starts with is Thinkific. I'm a little bit biased because they're Canadian and they're like really close to my home city, but they are amazing. They're comparable to Teachable. They're so user-friendly. And what I love is it's so easy to get your course up and live. Mm. So what I recommend when anyone is picking their platform in the beginning, it's like pick something that feels easy, that eliminates all those barriers to entry because your course is a living entity. It's going to grow, it's going to change, you're going to adjust it, especially when you have those first few rounds of students through. So you don't need to go like super tech insanity on top of it, just get something that works. And Thinkific is so easy. So when I was building my toolkits, that's where I started. I had things on Thinkific, it was really easy to pre-sell, it was easy to get people in, it was a really good user experience. But eventually I wanted a little bit more control. I want over how things looked. I wanted to add advanced functionality. So I brought things onto my WordPress website using the plugin LearnDash. And that's something I recommend once you're further along in your course creation journey is self-hosting because ultimately you have so much more control over that user experience. You can really have things branded. You can make it work for you. But the self-hostedness comes with a big tech learning curve. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you're just getting started, 
use an out-of-the-box service like Thinkific. Yes, love that. So, yeah, if you're listening to that there, Emily's advice, if you're starting off, don't go all out on, on WordPress and your own website and self-host. That could be an end goal, and that's great. It'll give you way more uh, control. But starting off, just jump on something like Thinkific and get started. Awesome. Cool. So my next question is then around mentors. You're obviously a mentor for many online course creators yourself. Emily, do you do, do you have any mentors or did you have any mentors that helped you along the way? Whether these are, you know, people you've paid or whether these are people you follow on social media, what can you tell us there about mentors? Yeah. So one of my mentors is Raina Pomeroy um, of Raina & Co. She is just the most incredible heart-centered entrepreneur I've ever met. She is, has an amazing community and I've learned so much from her like, as I've grown kind of throughout my journey. And then there's just been so many people. Like I always feel just like so grateful for each and every one of my clients. I feel like they always teach me something new from like all different things. And then very recently I just joined the We Should All Be Millionaires. It's um, Rachel Rogers community. It's absolutely incredible. There's such amazing energy. I think she's actually has the doors open to it right now. It's a membership community, but there's people of all niches, all businesses, everything. And to learn, she just recently in June had a million dollar month. And so I'm like, okay, she is the person I want to learn from. She is an absolute rock star, has a phenomenal team around her and so much wisdom to share around building a business with integrity that's in alignment that works for you. So not having to have like follow someone else's blueprint. Yes. Love that. Awesome. Follow-up question from there is books. So I'm a huge reader myself. I'd love to know, Emily, is there one book that helped you in your course creation or entrepreneur life? Or is there one book you recommend our listeners or, or viewers should read to help them with their online course, whether it's creating it, whether it's their business, whether it's marketing, selling, what can you tell us there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's less specific for, it's not necessarily about course creation directly, but a book that had a huge impact on my life was Choose Wonder Over Worry by Amber Ray. It's just this phenomenal book about how we relate to our fear and our anxiety and how it keeps us keeping our gifts inside and not sharing it with the world. So reading this book completely changed my life. Like I just, the way she put it together, the way she, just how she talks about things and presents things. It's a very visual book, just everything about it. I was like, this is life changing. And I'm also just like, so honored to say that she's now a client of mine. And so that happened after I read this book and I, I wrote her and I fangirled and I was like, this is amazing and it needs to be a course. And so now we've like worked together and just done some amazing things. So she's someone that everyone needs to follow. She has a huge Instagram and also it's a book that everyone needs to read. Why? Wait, wait, hold on. So this was the best book you ever read? Yeah. You uh, contacted her and now mm-hmm. she's your client. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that's, I think for me, it was, it's about the, again, another like testament to the power of human connection of just being able to reach out and just saying like, this isn't like transactional. This isn't like, I want something from you. It's just like, from like the depth of my soul, I just telling her, I was like, this book changed my life. I think it's something that everyone needs to read. I keep it on my bedside table and like read it like periodically. I just think it's, it's so much, there's so much power in, in what she does. And I think it's the work she does for relating to you, your emotions and your fear and your anxiety is essential for anyone on this entrepreneurship journey. Yes. Love that. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, hey, if anyone's listening to this or watching this, Emily, and is like, you know what? This Emily person is really, really cool. Where can I go and follow her? Does she have any, anything I can go and buy right now? What, what do you say? Where do we follow on social media? And you've got, have you got any specials running at the moment? For sure. So I am all about Instagram. You can find me there at Modern Leaders Co. So Modern Leaders with an S-C-O. 
And please feel free to slide into my DMs. I love talking about this stuff. If you haven't picked up on it, like I'm such a nerd when it comes to course creation. So you're always welcome to like comment on my post, slide into my DMs, chat with me. If you want to get some more resources and things, you can go to my website. It's emilymwalker.com. And right now I actually just released a new toolkit. It's only $44 and it gives you everything you need to bring your course creation materials to life. So once you have your outline, you've mapped out your journey, you have your modules and you're like, okay, great. How do I record videos in a way that doesn't like make my brain explode? Or how do I create workbooks that actually support my people? I've taken all my learning design knowledge and given you some tools, given you some templates and put it all into this toolkit so that you have no excuse. You have to get your course out there. Awesome. Cool. So what we'll do there, if you're watching this on Facebook, comment, we'll put all those links below, but comment toolkit and me or Emily will get over the, the toolkit to you. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll make sure I put the links in there. I'll send you a DM straight after this, Emily, because I'm going to forget all these links if we make it any <laughs> any later than that. So I'll send you a DM and make sure we get all these. Um, apart from that, Emily, that's all I wanted to go through today. Is there anything I forgot to ask you? Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't? Or is there anything you want to finish up uh, and leave our listeners and viewers with? I think we covered it. I think this was like a great, like comprehensive, giving people everything they need to kind of take, like you said, go from idea to this powerful and profitable course. I think we kind of, if we had to summarize like the key principles is really, if you keep your students at the heart of everything you do and you trust that you get to create something that works for you, you can't go wrong. And there's a lot of noise out there in the industry, but like there's only one way to do this and you have to build a course this way and it has to look like this. Like throw that all out the window you get to do things your way because people are signing up to learn from you. They want to see how you show up uniquely in your course. And if you know that you have taken the time to intentionally craft this transformational journey, your students are going to get incredible results. Yes. Love it. Awesome. Well, Emily, thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.